0: Yeah. <laughs> This is Undercover Radio, broadcasting from the middle of nowhere. I'm Dr. Benway, and it's great to be back on the Pirate Bands. This is our Halloween broadcast for 2005. Contact us at Undercover Radio at Mail.com. That's UndercoverRadio at MAIL.com or through postal mail at Box 293, Merlin, Ontario, Canada, N0P1W0. I've been trying to find others of my kind.
1: The future has imploded into the present. With no nuclear war, the new battlefields of people's minds and souls. Mega corporations are the new governments. Computer-generated info domains are the new frontiers. Though there is better living through science and chemistry, we are all becoming cyborgs. The computer is the new cruel cool tool. And though we say, all information should be free, it is not. Information is power and currency for the virtual world we inhabit. So mistrust authority, Cyberpunks of the true weapons. Cyberculture is coming in under the radar of ordinary society and the early alliance of the tech world and the world of organized descent. Welcome to the Cyber Corporation.
2: I've been trying to find others of my kind.
0: This is Dr. Benway, and you're listening to Undercover Radio, broadcasting from the middle of nowhere. I hope you're enjoying your Halloween weekend. I know we certainly are. We're just getting started with our Halloween broadcasts. If you'd like a QSL and a CD of the show, please send us an email at undercoverradio@mail.com. at mail.com. That's undercoverradio at mail.com. And be sure to send us some reception details so we can verify your report. Well, some of you already know that I like to travel the world as much as possible. And a few years back, one of my adventures took me to the Solomon Islands in the South Pacific. The Solomons have some of the most beautiful dive sites in the world, and I plan to explore them to the fullest. The reefs on the Solomons were astonishingly beautiful, with bold colors and abundant sea life. There are also reports of many World War II relics left over from the heavy fighting in the 40s. After some research, I decided to make the island of Gizo my base of operations. On one perfect day, I went on a guided tour to dive the reefs of the Western Province. It's much easier to rent your equipment and hire a guide than it is to try to drag all your equipment around from place to place. What a perfect day it was for a dive. That is, until I scraped some stinging coral, which I discovered is quite a mistake you don't make twice. When you hit the coral, it almost feels electric. Then it burns and itches like hell and causes a nasty welt. There's not much you can do about it, so I just tried to put it out of my mind and continue with the dive. It seemed like there were millions of parrotfish, angelfish, and even the occasional squirrel fish peeking out of the reef. I noticed an exceptionally beautiful shell hiding in a niche on the reef. Ah, just what I was searching for. It was the elusive Conus Gloriamaris the rare cone commonly known as the glory of the sea. It was once the most sought after and rare shell known to man. It was a perfect gem shell and I grabbed it for my collection. One thing to keep in mind about cones is that they are highly poisonous. It's hard to be stung by a cone, but if you do get stung, you're facing almost certain death in minutes. Always treat a cone with the utmost respect. People don't realize the danger of a cone because it moves so slowly and seems completely harmless. But once it locates prey, it launches a venomous harpoon, paralyzing the prey instantly. In the case of a human, a direct hit to the artery means certain death in under two minutes. And you thought sharks were dangerous. In the South Pacific, there are all kinds of animals that'll inflict painful and lethal stings. Ah, but the adventurous diver will never let that stop him from exploring the beauties of the South Pacific. After a little under an hour of diving, our small group returned to our ship and prepared to return back to Gizo. I tore off my wetsuit, grabbed a beer out of the cooler, and relaxed for a bit of reflection on the day's events. I kept my mesh shell bag next to me to ensure that I wouldn't forget to bring my finds ashore. The waters in the Solomons were amazingly beautiful. They were the clearest waters I've ever seen, and the color of the reefs just striking. You could see straight to the bottom of the sea as we boated home. The hum of the boat started to make me sleepy, and I began to fall into a pleasant slumber as we rode the smooth waters. Half asleep, I remember feeling something strange on my ankle, but I didn't become conscious of it until suddenly I felt a hellishly painful sting on my ankle. I jumped up and realized the cone had harpooned me. Panic set in and I knew I'd be in big trouble within seconds. At best, I had two minutes to live from a direct sting. As everyone rushed to my aid, I already felt my body begin to paralyze. I remember the captain putting a manual ventilator mask on my face and then I blacked out. Actually, they tell me I died. I awoke in a pitch black free fall like when you start to fall asleep and find yourself grabbing for the bed to stop falling. Only this was much worse. There was nothing to grab and I felt like my brain was coming apart in the empty vacuum of space. I tried to scream, but I couldn't find the means. What the hell was happening? All of a sudden there was a glimmer and then a flash of white light which came at me so fast and hard I felt the very molecules of my existence split apart. It was like the sensation of trying to outrun a nuclear blast a couple miles away and being instantly vaporized as the nuclear cloud catches you and swallows you up. In the same instant the wave hit, I felt what I can only describe as a rush of enlightenment so strong that I felt I instantly knew all there was to know about the universe. But something wasn't right. I couldn't really see, at least not in a way I remembered seeing. I could see images, but the sensory input seemed somehow very distant, and yet with perfect clarity and perfect understanding. I could no longer feel my limbs, but I knew I had a body. I could perceive sensations, but not really feel them. I could hear, but not in a way I could really understand. My mind was clear, but I felt like I had no body. Somehow, I could suddenly recall vast amounts of information in a way I never could before. I seemed to know everything and in a few moments realized what had happened to me. Soon after I was stung, the captain put me on a manual ventilator and started CPR in a valiant attempt to keep me alive until they arrived at shore. Unfortunately, we were too far from shore and too far from any real medical help. Once I was in a hospital, I was put on a ventilator and flown back to the States. For some reason, the Navy took interest in my case and flew me to a secret lab at the National Naval Medical Center in DC. I was clinically dead, but the medical center believed they had a new technology that could bring me back to life. So here I was in a Navy lab at the center of a very interesting experiment. The Navy had been working on an incredible new technology they simply called the biochip. The Navy actually managed to download me to a biochip. So here I was, feeling quite off balance, but alive and conscious. As I explored my new self, I found I had lots of trouble with sensor input, but information flowed effortlessly. Somehow, I felt like I was part of the net and had the capacity to suck up huge amounts of information instantly. In seconds I garnered all the information known about the experiment, and discovered that my biochip was extremely hardened against the elements. Simply put, I was pretty much immortal. I wasn't quite sure that I liked the idea of being on a biochip, and it wasn't a very comfortable environment to be in. It was a confusing world. So there I was, loaded with information but barely able to see, hear or move, yet I had some kind of body, and my brain slowly learned new paths and I was able to move my biomechanical legs and arms. What an astonishing melding of mechanics and biomass. I could see very clearly, but it was like looking through 10 inches of clear crystal glass. I still couldn't make much sense of what I was hearing. Finally the day came when I was able to stand up. I took a look at myself in the mirror and was astonished to find I looked nearly exactly how I looked before I died. I probably looked a little bit better. The Navy was working with some amazing technology so far advanced that no average citizen today could even imagine it. Yet here I was. A recipient of all this amazing technology. Under the circumstances, I was ecstatic to be alive. I've
1: been trying to find others of my kind. Wake up! Wake up!
0: What? Huh? That was a dream? I looked down at the mesh bag and found it still intact with a shell inside.
2: Five.
3: They played the mash. They played the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They played the mash. It got on in a flash. They played the mash. They played the monster mash. Oh. Out from his coffin, Jack's voice did ring. Oh. Seemed he was troubled by just one thing. Oh. Opened the lid and shook his fist and said, oh. "Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist?" It's now the mash. It's now the Monster
1: Mash. The Monster
3: Mash. And it's a graveyard smash. It's now the Mash. It's caught on and it's flash. It's now the Mash. It's now the Monster Mash. Now everything's cool, drags a part of the band. And my Monster Mash is the hit of the land. For you, the living, this mash was meant to. When you get to my door, tell them what it said. you
1: can Then you can mash.
3: Then you can Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. And you my graveyard stand. Then smash. you can mash. You'll catch on and all right. Then you can mash. Then you can Monster Mash. Monster Mash. <laughs> monster, mash. <laughs> monster Mash. Monster Mash. <laughs> monster Mash. Monster Mash.
0: dr benway and you're listening to undercover radio contact us at undercover radio at mail.com that's undercover radio at MAIL.com. or through postal mail at box 293 merlin ontario canada n zero p one w zero send us a valid reception report And we'd be happy to send you a QSL and a CD of the show. You know, for some reason, I've been having a lot of weird dreams lately. One I had a few days ago seemed like it was straight out of a sci-fi movie, except that it was very hackneyed and disjointed. But I guess that's how dreams often are. And it pretty much went like this. It was all about colonizing a new planet. And it had been a few months since we started colonizing our planet, and we brought generations of our family and friends on our quest for a new life. This planet had been discovered years ago by scientists and it was finally decided after years of study checking every detail for the possibility of supporting human life that this would be our first planet to be colonized. We really didn't have much choice. Earth had become so overpopulated with over a hundred billion people And there was just no room for all those people, and for the resources required to maintain everybody. So it was inevitable that sooner or later, somebody had to take the plunge. I mean, I always had an amazing fascination for space. So naturally I figured, why not? I mean, what have I got to lose? And so the next thing I knew, our entire family, generations, was going on a trip to colonize a new planet. I mean, the scientists spent years and years checking every detail to make sure that this planet would support life. It had an atmosphere, temperatures, everything amazingly similar to Earth. But after we had been there a while, it was apparent that we had a big problem on our hands. You see, we didn't count on the monsoons. Actually, there were way more than just monsoons. As a matter of fact, the entire ocean started swelling. Why? We never knew. But it happened so fast that we had absolutely no time to get away. And truthfully, nobody had ever really designed any kind of escape system anyway. I mean, it seems kind of ridiculous not to come up with some sort of contention plan. But I mean, think about it. Humans have always been that way. We always kind of hope for the best. And if something goes wrong, we're screwed. Oh yeah, they always have big investigations and lots of talk about how things will be improved. And there's plenty of people with good intentions. But there's something about us that causes us to forget. I guess it's like they've always said, we're doomed to repeat history. We have an amazing ability to filter out the bad and remember things the way we think they should be. Sometimes it's like we all live in some sort of fantasy world. But I guess it's our twisted view of reality, drugs, and alcohol that help us survive. It quickly became apparent that the entire planet would be underwater in no time. Some people came up with ideas, plans to survive, but in the end nothing panned out, and no one got out alive. And then it seemed like just a moment later, when I found myself in a strange new world. I was just kind of milling around, collecting my thoughts. And then I realized everybody was milling around, collecting their thoughts. And we all started looking around, trying to find our relatives and friends. And after a while, some sort of aliens we had never met before were telepathically communicating with us. And they told us a story about how they found our remains on our old planet and they decided to bring us back to life by cloning us. For them it was easy. They had mastered the art of manipulating DNA, the building blocks of virtually everything alive in the entire universe. For them DNA was just child's play. They even brought back our memories. It was kind of like we had just taken a quick nap. You know on earth we were never able to get cloning right. Yeah, we tried all kinds of things, and we were getting some clones, but we really didn't understand the mechanics of cloning. We really didn't understand DNA, we were just using trial and error for the most part. So yes, we were cloning people, but most of them were what we called empty heads. Not much for brains, definitely no memory of their past, and really we just used them as robots. They could perform mundane tasks, but that was really about it. I mean, these aliens were infinitely beyond anything we understood. The whole scenario was very bizarre. We were all just milling around trying to find our loved ones, our friends, even our pets. There was nothing else for us to do in this very large, empty space we were contained in. And then suddenly I realized that we were just part of an experiment of theirs. Then I woke up. This is Undercover Radio, broadcasting from the middle of nowhere. I'm Dr. Benway, and I encourage you to send me an email at undercoverradio at mail.com. That's undercoverradio at mail.com. Or through postal mail at Box 293, Merlin, Ontario, Canada, N0P1W0 send in a correct reception report and I'd be happy to send you a QSL and a CD of the show if you'd like more information about Undercover Radio check out our website at freewebs.com slash undercover radio that's freewebs.com slash undercover radio
4: now here's an interesting recipe I'd like to tell you about it's called Hotel Hot Dogs, and I invented it when I was on a press tour in Germany. And usually I'd sit in a room all day and give interviews nonstop. This would go on all day and into the night. And by the time I was finished, all the restaurants in town would be closed. So here are the ingredients for Hotel Hot Dogs. Two first, Oscar Myers were also do, Utensils that you'll need include one lamp, a pocket knife, and wire strippers. Now, unwrap the bratwurst and place it on the bedside table. Unplug the floor lamp. Then, using the pocket knife, cut the lamp cord approximately three feet from the plug. With the wire strippers, peel the insulation from the cord, leaving about 10 inches of exposed wire. Then thread the wire through the bratwurst and tie it off at the end. Then just plug it in. Cook until the bratwurst is crispy on the outside, approximately two seconds. Make sure the cooking time doesn't exceed three seconds since the meat will explode at very high temperatures. Then just relax and enjoy. Now this dish is excellent accompanied by a glass of cool hotel tap water. Oh, in the U.S. and other territories where 110 is used, add two additional seconds to the cooking time. You all got that, right? (laughs)
1: You might catch yourself sliding in and out. catch yourself sliding stand-up. in an Listenatory Listenatory Just Just and out. All because all do. Just relax and enjoy. Just relax and enjoy. This is an experiment, is an experiment mind in formation. mind formation, in information, in forming, forming controlling, 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 operating your operating mind and your, brain, and your brain, using digital, using techniques, digital techniques to overload, scramble, scramble, confuse, unfocus, your mind. The natural state of the brain is chaos with a complexity of information. The first thing to do is to uh, overwhelm your focused mind, your linear mind, by overloading signals digital patterns clusters of photons and electrons which produce a pleasant state of confused chaos this is the state of the brain when it is ready to be informed that is to be reprogrammed neuron is as powerful as a, a large computer, and each neuron has around 10,000 connections with other neurons within our foreheads. There is a chaos inside our brains. There is a, a galaxy of information which is incomprehensible to in our linear minds. This contrasts and compares perfectly with the chaos without. We're living in a universe which has 100 billion galaxies, each galaxy with star systems, planets, a complexity again, which to our minds right now is, is chaotic, incomprehensible. Chaos is beautiful. Now many times we are afraid because we want order. We can't deal with the confusion and the disorder. We want form, we want rules. Yes, throughout human history there have been people, religious leaders, political leaders, who will give you order. They'll give you rules and commandments. But chaos is basically good. Relax, surf the waves of chaos, and learn how to redesign your own realities. Sit back, flow, open your eyes, turn off your mind, unfocus. And let the waves of chaos, chaos roll over your brain. Float, drift, zoom, design, create, new order. Your order, your style, from chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Chaos.
0: This is Undercover Radio on Halloween 2005. Contact us at UndercoverRadio at Mail.com. That's UndercoverRadio at Mail.com. Or through postal mail at Box 293, Merlin, Ontario, Canada, and 0P1W0. You know that dream I talked about a little bit earlier about the aliens resurrecting us on another planet? Kind of got me thinking a little bit. I mean, in the dream, I kind of felt like a disembodied soul. And it kind of got me thinking about what it might be like to be a ghost. And I became a ghost after suffering a very unexpected demise. What a strange and bizarre way to die. I had been working on a project in the loft and realized I needed something out of the basement. I ran at top speed down into the basement, bursting the laundry room door open. It only took a couple of steps before I realized something was seriously wrong. My eyes and lungs burned furiously while I gasped for air. I turned around to escape, took one step and collapsed. Unbeknownst to me, industrial-sized bottles of ammonia and Clorox had spilled on the floor, creating an incredibly concentrated cloud of chlorine gas. You know that feeling you sometimes get when you go from one room to the next with a purpose, and when you get to that room, you have absolutely no recollection of what you were planning on doing? Well, that's kind of what happened down in the laundry room. I found myself on the floor having no recollection of how I got there, so I picked myself up and started to head back upstairs. I felt kind of funny, kind of empty-headed, almost like I had lost a sense of purpose. I just started wandering around the house, up and down the stairs, looking for my wife. From time to time I felt like I could sense her, but I never really saw her. And the whole thing was so weird because it seemed like I just kept wandering around with no particular purpose, just kind of looking around for the wife and kids. It was almost like sleepwalking. And then one day, just for a moment, I caught a glimpse of my wife. She just kind of faded into view. It didn't really make sense because it seemed like she had aged 20 years. And as I called out to her, she really didn't respond. I mean, she was looking in my direction, kind of staring in my direction, but with kind of a mystified look on her face. And then I inadvertently knocked my favorite mug off the bar, shattering it to pieces. My wife looked over in total shock and then disappeared. And so I continued to wander around the house, occasionally moving things around. I found I could move things, I could interact with things that I was very fond of. So I would rearrange things, somehow trying to show my wife a sign. Trying to let her know that I was still here. What a frustrating experience. this went on for what seemed like eons. Sometimes I'd catch a glimpse of my wife as she kind of faded in, and then faded back out. And then finally one day, something incredible happened. Once again, for the millionth time, I called for my wife. Oh my love, why don't you respond to me? Can't you hear me? Yeah, I hear you honey, what's up? I couldn't believe it, I was back. I glanced in the hallway mirror and realized, my God, I've aged 20 years myself. What in the hell happened to me? My wife was acting like nothing had happened. And then it dawned on me that I must have been daydreaming. There was no other logical explanation for what happened to me. You're listening to Undercover Radio, broadcasting from the middle of nowhere. This is our Halloween 2005 special, and I hope you're enjoying the show. Please send us an email at undercoverradio@mail.com. at Mail.com. That's UndercoverRadio at Mail.com. Or send us a postal mail at Box 293, Merlin, Ontario, Canada, N0P1W0. That's Box 293, Merlin, Ontario, Canada, N0P1W0. In exchange for a valid reception report, we'd be happy to send you a CD and a QSL. (laughs) This is Undercover Radio, broadcasting from the middle of nowhere. Thanks for listening this evening. If you'd like a QSL and a CD of the show, please send an email to undercover Radio at mail.com. That's undercover Radio at mail.com. Or through postal mail at Box 293, Merlin, Ontario, Canada, N0P1W0. That's box 293, Merlin, Ontario, Canada, N0P-1W0. A while ago, I was walking through town running some errands. And the town I live in is a very small town. Everybody knows each other. Everybody knows Dr. Benway. And I noticed someone off in the distance that seemed very out of place. Somehow I felt very uneasy about him, but I couldn't quite place what the problem was. And as we passed, he bumped into me. I turned towards him and he looked away and rushed off in the distance. But I finished my errands and actually I was picking up candy for the trick-or-treaters. The night was Halloween. For some reason, I could never get him out of the back of my mind. I'm sure many of you have fond memories of Halloween as a kid. Everyone running around the neighborhood, collecting pillowcases full of candy. I admit I had my share of fun during Halloween. I collected candy and visited all the local haunted houses when I was a kid. And in later years, I loved to turn my parents' house into a spooky mansion and scare the hell out of the neighborhood kids. Lots of the kids were too scared to even come to the door. Everything was fun and games until this particular Halloween. An event occurred that incarnated my extreme distaste for Halloween. You see, I live in a historic house outside of town. It's a huge old mansion from the 1700s on acres of land with many rooms. It allows me to have my variety of workshops and labs for all my projects and experiments. I don't get many trick-or-treaters out there because of the distance from the local neighborhoods and also because of the long scary walk down the gravel driveway to the old Erie Mansion. I mean, it is the classic haunted house. The entrance to the driveway has big old iron gates with dark vines crawling along the aged iron. I even have a variety of dead leafless trees in the front yard. And in general, the whole yard is a total disaster. I didn't mean it to end up that way, I guess I just don't put much of a priority on maintaining the yard or the house. I'm sure the house is the center of all kinds of rumors. Only a few brave souls make it to the door, but in return for their perseverance I give them fistfuls of all the best candy. On this particular Halloween night I received a knock on the door. I grabbed a huge bowl of candy ready for distribution and opened the door. Two kids about three feet tall were standing there in the most realistic monster costumes I had ever seen. I was actually shocked at the realism. They looked exactly like the legendary Chupacabra, with their huge bulging eyes and monstrous fangs. Their fangs are exquisitely designed for sucking the lifeblood out of goats. The legend of the Chupa is pretty well known in Mexico, but it's not quite as well known in the U.S. There's been much debate on whether the Chupacabra really exists, or whether it is nothing more than an urban legend. I gazed at the elaborate costumes for a moment when suddenly one of the Chupas lunged at me The candy and bowl went flying across the room as I desperately tried to escape his jaws. But I was way too slow. He clamped onto my leg using his fangs to puncture two huge and ghastly painful holes in my leg. His jaws were so powerful that they crushed my leg bone, causing the most excruciating pain imaginable. I tried to wrench my leg free but he was just too strong and the pain was just too severe. I actually felt his fangs sucking the blood out of my leg. Looking around the entranceway, I could only find an umbrella to defend myself with. I grabbed it and used the dull rounded tip as a spear, using all the power I could muster to jab the monster. Finally, I connected with one of his bulging eyes and punctured it, causing a dark brown substance to ooze out of his eye socket. He released his grip and screamed, backing off towards the door. I continued to beat on both monsters until they finally retreated, running off into the woods. As I peered out the door, I saw the dark silhouette of a person lurking in the shadows. The face looked very familiar, in fact, I knew almost immediately who it was. It was the man I bumped into in town. Whoever he was, he must have masterminded this attack somehow. I was losing blood fast and crawled to the phone, leaving huge streaks and puddles of blood on my way. I called 911 and passed out. I spent many weeks in the hospital recovering from my wounds and broken bones. The mouth of the chupa is apparently a cesspool of deadly bacteria, and the majority of my time in the hospital was spent battling bacterial infections. Amazingly, the chupa hadn't punctured my arteries. If it had, I would have bled to death before help could have arrived. The hospital doctors were mystified by my bite wounds. But they scoffed at my monster story. They attributed the whole event to some sort of unidentified wild animal attack. After that horrible night, I have never been able to think about Halloween again without flashing back to the excruciating chupacabra attack and the man in the shadows who orchestrated the attack. To this day, I have no idea who that might have been. But my guess is he's pure evil. This is Undercover Radio, broadcasting from the middle of nowhere, and you're listening to Halloween 2005. This is Dr. Benway and you're listening to Undercover Radio's Halloween 2005 show. If you'd like a QSL and a CD of the show, please send us an email at UndercoverRadio at Mail.com. That's UndercoverRadio at Mail.com. Or through postal mail at Box 293, Merlin, Ontario, Canada, N0P1W0. That's Box 293, Merlin, Ontario, Canada, N0P1W0. Thanks for listening to this evening's Halloween show i hope you enjoyed it i know i certainly had a good time putting it together happy halloween everybody and may you hear many pirate broadcasts this holiday season if you'd like more information about undercover radio visit our website at www.freewebs.com slash undercover radio that's www.freewebs.com slash undercover radio There's also a link to our podcast feeds on that site so that you can download anything you missed. Thanks for listening, and good night.